0: What's quite interesting about this film, uh, from my perspective, is that um, it's been rated 18 by the British Board of Film Classification. But actually, a lot of the more gr- graphic sequences, I suggest things rather than depict them in their in their grossness. So, so I often say, actually, the horror is, dare I say it, in your imagination more than it is on screen. Um, and for me, you know, that's always been the best kind of horror when you imply something or when you suggest it because the the ability of of humans to kind of join the dots and to to engage creatively with with pieces of work is immense and um you know the the human imagination is far more powerful than anything i could show on screen had we made a welsh language drama i suspect the film wouldn't have been seen but seen by that many people but there's a huge audience for horror throughout the world And and in many ways, this sort of this Welsh language horror film is a Trojan horse for a contemporary Welsh language story.
1: Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin. Hello. Hello. It's a skeleton crew this week. Just the <laughs> two of us. Just the Wednesday boys. We just talked about uh, Terrifier 3 being greenlit recently. Do you know that the original Terrifier film is getting a wide release in July?
2: I did see something about that on the Instagram.
1: July 19th. It's going into 700 theaters. One night only. Terrifier, the original, in 700 theaters, which is more than it got the first time
2: yeah this is the little franchise that could i think we should go it's a wednesday
1: night which is when we typically do this i think it would be worth a field trip if, if everybody will go
2: yeah i mean what is are there I multiple don't, I showings
1: checked. yeah actually I, I don't know the local status it's july 19th i'm, I'm keeping yeah. my eye out
2: we should do a little uh field trip and then record an episode we could do that too i'm in
1: a couple uh housekeeping notes here if you listen on spotify You may or may not notice that nine of our episodes just got taken off Spotify, which is my anything having to do with Spotify is my least favorite topic. So I hate to I hate to just bring it up, but uh, we've been pretty liberal with our use of music that we don't have
2: legal right to. Dude, you're just like admitting. I'm
1: admitting it's there. There it's there's 170 episodes. Yeah,
2: we need plausible deniability.
1: So. That's why there are, if, you, if you're if you listening to back episodes, if you notice, that's why there are some missing now on Spotify. And furthermore, we can't do that anymore. I didn't think anybody would ever care. I always thought if somebody actually ever cares that we drop 30 seconds of a song into the show, then we will have made it. So here we are. We <laughs> We've have <arrived>. made it. <laughs> somebody, some program, some bot somewhere cares that. I used thirty seconds of hurt so good by John Mellencamp. And wow. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I haven't looked. I don't care. Is there a what theme
2: other than like obviously it's a particular music group that probably caught on to this? Yeah. Maybe there's a theme in like the bad songs you picked. Maybe I'm someone sure. was like, "Fuck your taste." <laughs> sure. I'm going to take these episodes down.
1: <laughs> I didn't bother looking. I don't, you know, I don't know off the top off the top of my head what it was in each. Of the nine episodes and i don't care it doesn't matter we'll re-upload them maybe on Spotify no, i mean we have to point. do a lot
2: of there's a lot of administrative work i think yeah. i got an email i think i forwarded it to you and said haha heads up yeah and then you sent maybe like a one-word response back yeah that we but that's a lot of work in the speak all evil offices <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not too worried about it listen on apple um but uh, yeah, no more. I used Holy Diver last week by Dio because I couldn't not. Yeah, just one more. There's it. 170 out there. One more. Got to be Holy Diver, and then that's it. On this episode, you'll hear some milk toast generic free music. The party's over.
2: Just some YouTube beats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're that's we're it. a cast full of musicians. <laughs> you think we'd put a little bit of effort in and maybe I, uh maybe curate some of our own music, or is that just too self indulgent?
1: I think all of us already spend more time than we should on this podcast <laughs> i'm not about to start all right i'm not going to score it myself uh, last final note here i did want to clean up something we talked about last week somehow in a very roundabout way we talked about uh, tom arnold and whether he was or was not on the show roseanne <laughs> and it's important to me you know folks we fact check this podcast if there's something that is wrong that doesn't make it or we fix it. So we were talking about whether or not Tom Arnold was on Roseanne. He was brought on the show as a writer after he became involved in Roseanne. The show existed. And when they became involved, she brought him in. And then he eventually, of course, did write himself in to 20 episodes of a 10 season show, 231 episodes. So I, I don't really call that being on Roseanne, but.
2: He was on Roseanne. He
1: was on Roseanne. All right, great. This week, it's uh, it's a Trent and Kevin bonus round. <laughs> ding ding. At first, I was really excited to get the bonus pick, but then uh, I was like, Ah oh, man, I, I mean, I want to hear what Kat and Dave think of uh, of the films.
2: So yeah, you really put a cramp in my uh, <laughs> picking brain when you sent me that text. I was just out there like, I have a pick of anything I want to this week with with less criticism. <laughs> Like, I can I can really take a shot here, and I only have to deal with one person being pissed at me. Uh, right. And then you were like, well, but I really care about what Kat and Dave think. And I was like, well, fuck, I guess I do too. <laughs> so let's start with
1: Cadaver.
2: So foreign film, this is Norwegian. It says 2020. I think this hit Netflix in 2021, because I feel like I remember... Uh, this hitting Netflix, being exclusively on Netflix, and then as Dave said uh, in a recent episode, Netflix is great for foreign horror. Yeah, and really well done foreign horror. Maybe not like content wise all the time, but they look fucking beautiful. There's a lot of people in other countries that are making some very sharp looking movies. So this is a post apocalyptic tale. I'm not sure if they really give you a time frame in terms of when this is taking place, but we're in Norway. We see some newspaper articles in the opening of Cadaver that are talking about nuclear war. And you are are introduced to this family. It is a mom, a dad, and their daughter. So it's uh, Leonora, Alice, who is the daughter, and then Jacob. And they are just in a complete dystopia. There is nothing to eat. Uh, The city is decimated. It's pretty terrifying. And then all of a sudden, uh, this man shows up, and he's selling tickets to a play. So what you notice is on a hill in this city, there is this beautiful hotel that looks like it has not been impacted by the nuclear war, the fallout. And they're just inviting these peasants, these poor people who are starving to death to a play. And they're also promising a meal, which is wonderful news to these guys. And as you can predict, uh, things aren't quite what they seem. So they get into the hotel. The play begins. You meet uh, a wonderful villain named Matthias, um, who is the owner of the hotel, and he is also obsessed with the arts and putting on his little productions here. And so he gives a nice little speech. They serve the meal, and then they say the play is about to begin. And by the way, this is a fully interactive, immersive taking place inside the entire hotel They hand out masks. If you are an audience member, you wear this mask. You do not take it off. If you see somebody without a mask, that is an actor. You can choose to follow who you want. There will be many different scenarios playing out throughout the evening. So I hadn't seen this since it first came out on Netflix, and I just kind of watched it on a whim. I like it. I think it's well done. I think it does have a lot of heart, maybe upon second watch because I know where it's heading. Um, So I can't say this with 100% confidence But I do feel like it tips its hand a little bit early. Uh, I I don't think that maybe it carries the suspense that it could for as long as it could. But I do still think... It's uh, relatively suspenseful. It keeps you on your toes. I think it's a nice uh, picture of a family and what you could be going through and some of like uh, the progression that you could go through when you have had no hope and now you're given hope and what you would we talk about it a lot like what would it take to pull you out of a situation and bring you into reality Uh, and you know for a a Norwegian horror film it does pay homage to some pretty tried and true American horror classics that all of us are going to know and pick up on pretty quickly. Good watch, brisk. You know, I think both these movies this week are pretty 80, 80, 90
1: minutes. I hadn't heard of this, and uh, the title sounds promising. Cadaver. I I like cadavers. Pretty simple. Post-apocalyptic dystopia. I love post-apocalypse. I love dystopia. That's, for me, more where it ends with uh, things that I like. (laughs)
2: About Cadaver. (laughs) About Cadaver. It's also a very unimaginative name, which there's a lot of great names, I feel like, you could have given to this movie. Cadaver is like...
1: Yeah, I'm interested in the translation. Oh, no, it's just, it's Cadaver with a K, actually, and, and so... I don't get the title actually. Yeah, it, it's false advertising. Yep. There are certainly cadavers in it, but uh, if you're thinking about uh, extreme metal and and dead bodies, or the not, morgue, this is not. Yeah, this is not the one. I did like that. I was engrossed in it. I even if I wasn't really liking it, this movie kept me paying attention to what was happening, partly because as I don't know, it's a little confusing, I thought, at times. Um, But then also repetitive at times. There's just a lot of (laughs) running around the hotel looking for the daughter because the daughter is missing, and it's just, it keeps doing that. It's still like, Alice, Alice, Alice. I liked the idea that the spectators have to wear masks, and the performers are unmasked, so that you can tell who is a performer and who's a spectator, I thought that was a really cool idea to reverse the idea that the the people that are performing in the drama you know aren't aren't wearing masks. I thought that was cool, and it didn't really do anything with that. It just kind of did it and uh, and then that was that. Um, this is a young from appearance, a pretty young filmmaker. This is his first feature. He's done a bunch of TV which makes me want to be a little nicer. Um, you mentioned the newspapers. Thank you, director. Thank you at the first opening of your, your dystopian post-apocalypse movie. Thank you for making sure for some lingering shots of newspapers on the ground on, that are open to the front page and say, nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> I would have been wondering the whole time what happened. They make it very clear. Nuclear apocalypse, that's what's happened. It doesn't matter to the story. It's totally irrelevant to the story. I wish that it had been more like we talked about Time of the Wolf, the Haneke movie. And we talked about that movie never tells you what the disaster was. It shows people burning their cattle, their livestock, which is so creepy. That's all you know is that the livestock are all getting burned. I wish I had done something more like that. So I can't say I love this. At first, I thought it was going to be like a quiet place. It reminded me the, the initial scenes of the family. I was thinking quiet place. Maybe this is going to go somewhere like that. Captions, very weird on this. Did you watch with captions?
2: Yeah, you kind of have to. It's, it's not in English. Oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I learned an entire new language for this no. movie.
1: Okay, well, maybe even... The- no, the movies in English. That's the weird thing about it. The movie's in English and it's getting captioned so you're and the captions are weirdly translated. Maybe there's two versions on Netflix. I didn't notice that. But the one I watched, they're they're speaking English and the captions are also in English and they're not the same. The the translation you see how?
2: But
1: that's not. This is this is what I watched.
2: That's not what I
1: watched. Interesting. Now, you see how it's in English and it's different? Every, almost every line is not what they say. But you can tell he's That's good. how much I liked this movie. I didn't even notice I was watching a dub. I just noticed that the English dub and the English captions are not the same words, almost never. It's a paraphrase, almost every line.
2: All right, so yeah, newsflash, <laughs> if you watch this, make sure that you do not watch the English dub.
1: <laughs> that's so funny.
2: I disagree with a couple things that you said. Uh, first, I love the mask, the The whole switch up that you mentioned. I hadn't thought about that, but that's totally right. And But you said that they don't do much with it. They do a ton with it. In fact, I'd like to talk to the management of the hotel about... Their, maybe their checks and balances of how to really confirm who is an actor and who is a spectator. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit of an easy loophole um, <laughs> to to work around.
1: They don't notice the guy that they are working with who's dressed up as like a, a, a server. They don't notice when the mask ends up on him.
2: Yeah, right? I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked that. I thought that was cool. Um, I think the dystopian thing does play into it because, again, you have to you know he needs to i'll try to say his name the director is uh, uh yarin herdal he does need to give you a reason to care about these people and he does need a reason other than the daughter which you know he's kind of playing it both ways like they have to find their kid and they're freaking out about the the fact that their daughter goes missing relatively early on but you have to care about why they're sticking around and i do you think he does a relatively good job of putting you in the place of what it must feel like to come from this horrible place and then have that much hope? Like you're in this beautiful uh, hotel and they're serving you this meal that looks wonderful. Um, everybody is dressed to the nines. I, I think that that was, I think the dystopian part of it was key in that part of the movie. And then the ending is actually really, really good. I thought the ending was good and the dystopian part of that plays into that final shot, which I thought was fantastic.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just, to me, it, it doesn't matter if it was a nuclear war or, or a disease or whatever. That, that Fair, just, you've been I spoiled was... by
2: some more of the cinema that we've watched. <laughs> and where they keep, where there's there's not a ton of ambiguity it, in this movie.
1: There's No, there's none. And that, and that's what you were talking about as part of the problem. I, I didn't care. I wasn't made to care about the family. I was glad when the daughter went missing. I didn't want them. To, I, I I was. I hope you know. I hope bad things for this family. Didn't care about him at all. It made no difference to me. Could anything could have happened to this family? I would have said,
2: ah, oh, that's that's good. Uh I don't know. I thought that the, I thought that Leonora, Leo, the our our mom, the what the the, the mother of the main family. I thought that she was a good final girl. I thought that she was really good. Leonoying, annoying. I call her. Oh wow. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, Some pretty good, uh, like I said, the villain, Matthias, he's good. He's good. Bill Skarsgård vibes, big time. Yep. Also seemed to be the only one of the cast with um, a a filmography that, you know, we may recognize some stuff on. Seems pretty accomplished. For some other foreign films, like The Platform, it reminded me of, I think The the Platform is far superior, but also foreign dealing with food, (laughs) first and foremost, Um, but also like classism. This movie is playing... Pretty heavy-handed with its views of classism and how, you know, the less fortunate are treated. And then, you know, some Texas Chainsaw vibes. The hotel aspect gave me some, like, H.H. Holmes for some, like, true crime vibes some things like that. It's a cool hotel. I did, like, the wandering around and everything. I liked, you know, they'd inevitably find, you know, trick corridors, trap doors, and things like that that I thought was pretty neat. Nothing wildly original here, uh, no. but just well done, well shot, looks good, That's get enough. you where it needs to be. And like I said, the one question that I had um, that I was more asking you is, do you think that it keeps the suspense or keeps you guessing as much as it could have? Because there are some pretty good fake-outs here. So one of the elements of the movie— I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but you're you're basically guessing, like, is this a play or not? Or what's really going on with the people that are hosting and, quote-unquote, putting on the performance? There yeah. are a couple pretty good fake-outs that totally. keep you guessing a little totally. bit. I do think that they tipped their hand earlier than they, they needed to, though.
1: I think the next movie tipped its hand way more um, than this one early on. I didn't know—I thought— that was one of the cool things. I didn't know exactly what was going on. You're questioning the, who's a performer and who's not, what's real and what isn't, because that's the setup of the movie. I liked that. That probably kept me interested in it. And then, you know, by the time the full reveal is out there, I, I mean, I didn't really care that much. Not very original, I didn't think. Um, and, and you brought up, like, the the commentary, the social commentary, the classism I, You know, I got to tell you, folks, I'm getting a little tired of the eat the rich stuff. It's just, it's so unoriginal at this point. This is like, you know, Fiverr platform, the platform. You know, everything from the menu from last year, like, it's just, it's become such a formula that, okay, yeah, I get it. These rich privileged people are out of touch. They don't care about us. I mean, how many times... Do I have to be told that? I agree. I agree. You got to be. At this point, we're more more.
2: accepting because of how beaten over the head we are with it rather than being enraged and doing it. It's almost like turning uh, into something that's being more like it's doing more to placate than it is to 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 actually like promote activism or anything. Yeah,
1: I'm really, it's not making me think. It's preaching to the choir. I get it. I, I just it's getting a little lazy to me. It's not that I don't like the theme, of course, but it's just with everyone's trying to do this all the time now. It's like, ah, oh,
2: God, again. Yeah, I'll I'll give you you know, I I praised the the very, very, very ending, which and I'm literally talking about like the last like thirty seconds of the movie. Yeah. Before that, what is supposed to be sort of like the climactic ending, I thought was actually amazingly anticlimactic. I will give you that. It yeah. was by the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even like the <laughs> like how it plays out is just very. I don't know. Like, does, yeah. it, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it makes sense, but it's it's, it's just it's almost. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil it. It's almost too easy. It's
1: all. It's way too easy. Not only the the commentary, but what happens is the most run of the mill, the most mundane, everyday horror thing you could think of. It's like one of the most well worn. It's just um, and and the thing with a daughter at the end. I'm like, what? This is. Uh, it was just it was disappointing because there were things that could have been that I was interested to explore when the movie started and they're saying, welcome to the theater. And I'm thinking, "Okay, this is going to be a whole thing where it's going to be about theater, like the the performance of existence and the people's performances and flipping these ideas around. It's going to be fun. I loved when they say just surviving is not enough. And and that made me think of a quiet place. And I thought, okay, this is gonna go into a thing about the nature of survival. And we've talked about that in movies from Dawn of the Dead seventy-eight to a quiet place, the idea that just surviving isn't enough. That's what that's what happens in in Dawn of the Dead. They're surviving, they're at the mall, they got everything they need. But what are you gonna do? Just sit there? And it's you know, that's the the issues that we talked about in a Quiet Place, the issues of whether they should be having kids in this dystopia um and it's all about the need for something more than simply surviving so another thing i just thought was this movie could have done more with
2: yep sorry (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you liked it no i no i mean i i think it's as a horror fan i think it's worth a watch it does pay you're going to pick up on some of the inspirations that it took i would have liked to see have seen a little bit more of um a story behind Matthias, our villain that owns this hotel, and yeah. is kind of like orchestrating everything. Yeah, there's a little bit of a there's a story there, that, uh, again, they try to use some like newspaper articles to like give us hints. And oh yeah, I forgot about that. some of the other quote unquote <laughs> yeah. performers.
1: Just flashed anytime, just flash to a newspaper. Yeah.
2: yeah, there you go. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that get developed because that I feel like has more of the underlying story as to why our main family in this is so important um it's not just a random family that we're following around there the daughter adds an element that seems to be a little bit more uh intriguing to matthias but i don't know that they ever really lay it out for us so that we understand or care as much as we possibly could the horror parts of it like when they try to get a little bit graphic and a little bit like shock value i think that if you're tried and true horror fan it's nothing that you haven't seen before there's definitely not going to be anything that makes you go ooh or you know icky or anything like that it's i'm gonna you know for those of you who haven't seen it and you do please don't think i'm a monster but you're gonna be very well okay
1: i liked the uh, there's a very cachet style suicide the shocking suicide in cachet is like, the same thing happens in this. I liked that. The razor blade to the, the neck, the straight razor to the neck, the blood squirting. That's cool. The death of Lars, who is a guy they meet, the way that he's killed is so ridiculous. She just, they're in a in a room with meat hooks, very Texas chainsaw. They're in a, a room with these big meat hooks hanging down, and she just, like, shoves him, and somehow her just shoving him makes him, lifts him up off the ground by like a foot so that he can be fully completely not only impaled but the front of the hook is sticking way out through him like you it looks like leatherface grabbed it. they're
2: really sharp hooks
1: yeah it were really sharp hooks really sharp and leatherface stuck him on there as hard as he could i mean it was laughable
2: no that this really low hanging very sharp hooks totally it's believable t- <laughs> totally believable
1: totally ridiculous
2: Now, the physics add up.
1: I don't think that. I will dispute the physics on this all day.
2: (laughs) Well, it's free and on Netflix.
1: All right. My pick for this week from 2021, a movie called The Feast. I think this is the first Welsh film that we've talked about. No clue. The accents were so weird. I didn't. I didn't know where it was from when I the first time I watched it. But I just kept thinking, I, this accent is not what I'm used to. We watch a lot of Euro horror, and the accent was nothing that I recognized. Uh, this is on Hulu right now. This is uh, directed by Lee Haven Jones, who has. Uh, I think this is his first feature as a director. He's done a bunch of TV including some episodes of Doctor Who. Uh, It was written by Roger Williams, who is also the producer, also a TV guy. I don't think either of them have done a feature film before. I became aware of this because it premiered at South by Southwest, and I saw the trailer out there. It looked good. Also, play at the Fantasia International Film Festival. And uh, see, I would call this a, like, eco-socialist Euro folk horror. And it's about... uh, a family that's having a gathering they seem like a somewhat some of them seem like a somewhat estranged family it's a weird collection of people who are having this gathering at their house out in the middle of the countryside and they've hired a i don't even know what a a maid a cook general help they've hired a, a young woman from the local town to come in and be the help for this party this dinner party she's gonna do all that stuff for them and it's clear that they're rich they're entitled they're spoiled once again once again
2: you're you're basically <laughs> calling you you called yourself out in the first i have take. the same
1: problem with both of these movies okay, fair a number i i not wild about the feast i like the feast i think it's good i think it's interesting i think it's very well performed it looks amazing but it doesn't hit it's so similar to some of the euro horror like like the Innocents we talked about like goodnight mommy like hatching it just looks really good and it feels like one of those movies it doesn't hit the heights of those i don't think this is to me in a in a lower class and i don't i don't know what it is speaking of class uh, i don't know what it is other you know besides that the theme just is boring at this point and i don't know i i just thought that it tipped its hand very early like you were saying about cadaver i thought this one tipped its hand much more it takes not long at all before you kind of you're like okay you know where it's going pretty early on i thought the sound design is great but the sound design spoils it i i don't remember how How far into it, but not far. It's just telling you what's going to happen. So at that point, it kind of lost some of the suspense for me. I I think it's fine. I think that I'd say, you know, it's better than fine. It's worth a spin. And any movie that features somebody licking maggots from the open wound of another person is in my book. You want to see that? I want to see that. I want to see licking maggots from an open wound. This movie has it for that scene alone. uh, And and there are some other very, very disturbing scenes. It is very disturbing, but I can't say I loved it.
2: Well, this one does, as you so vocally chastise the first movie for, it's doing the whole classism thing. This one does bring politics into it, which... I admittedly will sit in front of YouTube and just go down a rabbit hole of horrible politics news for hours on end if, if you allow me to. I like that part of it. I like this I like this more than Cadaver. I think I like this probably more than you did. It does remind me a lot of the films that you already mentioned. It does look fantastic. It's daytime horror, which you, you've you always mentioned. You're Love the big daytime horror. Of. It's yep, yep. predominantly daytime horror, and it is very well acted. Maybe I needed to take uh, another spin through it. To see how early it tipped its hand, this one actually kept me guessing for a while. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's because I was watching it and doing the thing that I try not to do, which is continually guess what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So I'm running all these hypotheticals through my head as I'm watching the feast, and it, it does keep you off balance. In a much different way than than Cadaver. It keeps you off balance because it's almost like a Wes Anderson horror movie. This family is weird. (laughs) Every character is very distinctly weird. None of them are weird in the same way. And every time they're on screen, be it alone, all the characters do get some interesting alone time. And then when they're on with Caddy... Uh, who is the help, the hired help, who has shown up. And it's worth mentioning that they have a girl that typically is their regular hired help from town, and her father has gone ill. So Caddy is actually like a a fill-in who has never been to the home before. So that that alone kind of keeps you guessing from the get-go. But when they're alone with Caddy, it's weird. And then when they show Caddy, who is essentially the main focus of this movie, by herself. That's weird. Knowing what I know now, I could watch it and be like, all right, I understand why she's doing those things. I know where this is going. But at the time, I didn't get it. Yeah. At the time, I was totally... I was guessing a million different directions, and they were all very, very wrong, I should say. And then shame on me, because I did watch this movie sitting in the middle of the woods. I was uh, waiting for our daughter. She had an engagement. I had a couple hours to kill I found this like construction site that was like half done. It was like, I got a couple hours to kill. Uh, I don't want to go sit at like a coffee shop and spend a bunch of money. There's this site just sitting in the woods watching this movie in the dark. So I felt oh, that's kind a, of scary. a little silly. Yeah, it was. It, it did It did enhance the viewing of the movie. You know, I don't think that they're doing anything that hasn't been done. Nope. From this part of the world or even in other folk horror movies that we've talked about. And I do think it's a little heavy-handed. Oh yeah, uh, the the third act. So this movie tries to break itself up into chapters to be a little more artsy and clever, but maybe that's what you're getting at, Trent. It also does kind of tip its hand a little bit. To me, I kept thinking that like each chapter was like a new character or something, and I was wrong. The payoff is is pretty awesome as a horror fan, but in the scope of like the 90 minutes of this movie, it doesn't make it doesn't do any justice to the pacing of the film. So like you get like a whole lot of of beautiful shots and weirdness and intrigue. I was totally sucked in. All that, Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's like the last twenty minutes is like boom. By the way, this is a fucking horror movie. Yeah, Uh, and there are the maggots are cool. A lot of the deaths are cool. A lot of that stuff is rad. Gets a little like Mandy-ish with a bunch of like psychedelic shit going on. (laughs) Um, That's magic mushrooms. Very compact. You know, that's a very quick hit you over the head ending. That I didn't, I didn't love the pacing of it because I had been very patient, yeah. which the movie asked you to be. Yeah. Uh, I had been a good soldier watching the movie and being very patient, and then all of a sudden it was just like, "Wow, House of a Thousand Corpses." Okay, and we're done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's cool. I, this is. I have a very particular part of my movie selection brain that I blame on. Our fellow cast members. I blame it on particularly you and Dave, where there's now like this whole subset of movies that I will skip over because I know one of you guys is going to pick them. And so, like, I haven't seen Lamb yet because I know it's you coming got, you, soon. Yeah, you guys are going to pick it.
1: It's coming soon. It's just the price on Lamb just finally. Just finally, See, I know you
2: guys. I know like you three, guys three too well. Bucks. I will skip. Oh, men! I haven't seen men yet. I know oh, that. Yeah. Oh, that's I know good. that. Cat, you, Dave, someone's going to drop that on me. Right. This is one of those movies. Yeah. I knew at some point one of you were going to throw. I me I too. Would skip over it. Skip over it. But uh, this on Hulu, which is also a, a platform that I don't typically go to for my horror movies, so uh, I wouldn't have necessarily come across it. I liked it, and I could. Eat, just as easily defend it as pan it um, but you know i'm not going to say it was a bad movie it's a, it's a it's a good movie good movie it's
1: a very well made movie it just isn't you know we just we watch a lot of good stuff and this isn't quite there the magic mushrooms thing was a little confusing the guy so they you know he eats one of the family members one, a, of the magic, yeah, one of the sons two sons eats the magic mushrooms that she that caddy shows him in the woods and then he proceeds to chop up after he's eaten the mushrooms, but then he chops up a bunch of more mushrooms and he makes a liquid from them and he injects the mushrooms. The first time I watched it, I just thought he was shooting up like a normal junkie. But no, he's, I didn't get that he was crushing up the mushrooms and then he shoots up the mushrooms into his foot now i'm i guess i'm now that i'm thinking about it more i guess i'm gonna say he is a junkie
2: he is they okay. bring that up earlier yep
1: okay maybe okay yeah, so oh
2: deed he was living oh so they're okay. rich the dad's a politician one of the sons is a total weirdo overachiever triathlete triathlete um, Yeah clean eater or i don't know raw, whatever yeah whatever you got only the other son is the fuck up he's he's living in london or somewhere with his girlfriend in an apartment and they he od'd yeah. they had to bring him home uh, right okay so clean. he was
1: okay so he was just he was doing the closest approximation to shooting up heroin that he could which just happened to be these mushrooms i i, I get it now okay duh it just was weird like why would you
2: shoot up it was weird. Mushrooms. But again, all that shit happens really fast at the end, so I yes. can see how it can catch you a little bit off guard.
1: Yeah. I love... Now, there's a great scene earlier in the movie. There's a scene where I'm watching this movie, I'm like, I think a woman just took a large piece of glass off the ground, and in did she just shove that where I think she just shoved that? and Indeed. Then, and then just goes about her uh, her business after that. I'm like, what is that scene? Because it doesn't really show it. it just hints that she's just shoved this big piece of glass and uh, and then later on, much later, toward the end, she seduces someone and then <laughs> so the guy uh, is fucking the giant piece of glass that's jammed in her.
2: There's a oh, lot a Good lot stuff. more well, that's a very overt thing that she does there's a lot of really subtle things so like the mystique of this movie is you're trying to figure out what's up with the help right what's up with the hired help so you are figuring out the dynamics of the family they're fucked they're all screwed up and not great but you're trying to figure out what is this girl gonna do it's pretty clear from the get-go that she's going to be uh the antagonist somehow in this Um, be it turning the family against each other somehow, or is she going to do some messed up stuff? Like, what's going to happen? It turns out to kind of be all of the above, I guess. Yeah. But there's a lot of subtle things, if you go back and look at it, um, that you realize uh, she did which I missed.
1: Yeah, I probably did too.
2: Yeah, I got, I mean, I I say I should've taken another spin through this. I did get like three quarters of the way through like a second watch because I was a little confused about how quick and compact the ending was that I did want to go back and, you know, I probably started like 15, 20 minutes in or something and watched up until like the climax, you know.
1: I I liked when she puked in the casserole and just leaves it.
2: Gross. (laughs) She's
1: pulling the casserole out of the fridge. She throws up in it and then just serves it anyway.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she's fantastic in this. She's very good. Really understated and uh, creepy, but innocent. Like you can't figure out if if it's this like purity and like this really like naive innocence, or if it are you just a weird creep with nefarious plans. She's great. And I also thought the mother was fantastic. She's great. Uh, She gets a lot of screen time and probably spends the most time with Caddy with the help. And I think she's really good too. A a horribly unlikable character, but very well played.
1: Yeah. All the performances are great. And it comes down to something we've seen many, many times. the, The idea of the outside developer who wants to come into the town and buy up the land and use it for this or that. I mean, we've seen it so many times. This comes down to that. This family is having this party so that they can invite their nearest neighbor over and convince her and her husband who doesn't show up for reasons that become clear later, convince them that they should allow this company to do some drilling, not only on their land, But on what's called the rise, which is a part of the countryside that there's some folk tale about about a goddess that lives in the rise and you shouldn't go there. And they tell the kids not to go there and they want to drill the rise. And that that's what the big conflict comes down to.
2: Yeah, we haven't really talked about the eco part of it a whole lot, but that comes into play as well.
1: Seen it seen yeah. it many times, which in itself is fine. I, I All of these movies we talk about- Gaia, they're they're there's the some better
2: time. better representations. Better
1: done, yeah, better um, done.
2: Gaia, what was the uh, Wheatley movie um, we talked about? Something
1: in the dirt? No, it's just like that, uh, something in the earth.
2: Yeah. <laughs> or No, it's called In the <laughs> in Earth. In the Earth, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's- Even 30 some, I Days
1: I think... of Night, isn't even- th- no, I guess not. But there's there's so many uh, there's too many to mention that that's the idea.
2: Yeah, and this one I mean this one's cool, and it does do the whole thing again. Like like Trent, you mentioned you missed it. They sort of bring up very subtly each member of the family's flaws. Yeah, that the that Caddy ends up playing on big time. Yes, but it's not like it's too subtle. Almost
1: it almost is. She exploits. Yes, yeah, she exploits each individual person's particular weakness and it doesn't really I, I didn't think about that very much during the movie i'm only really realizing it now. well you
2: really meant like the 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 person that falls victim to uh said piece of glass
1: yeah
2: they just kind of drop something about him I on know, you like, in like what? two sentences yeah
1: <laughs> I know. Uh, the and then just, it's supposed <laughs> to
2: kind of like wrap his story up. Like that's supposed to like bookend uh, his yeah. entire arc. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so again, I think really well shot. It's really creepy. The atmosphere is fantastic. As far as the story unfolding, not great. And it does lose points with me because you guys know how much I love to go down a rabbit hole of potential real folklore. This one kind of seems to be a bunch of bullshit. Nothing doing. I wasted more time than I could come back with anything worth even mentioning on the show, loosely based on a few things. But I was pretty pumped when this movie ended, and I was like, going to spend me like a good hour. And it was a wasted.
1: Speaking of rabbits, there's a rabbit plays a role in this film. There's a shooting, a hunting of rabbits, and skinning of the rabbits right on the kitchen counter. Pretty gruesome. That was kind of the fir- the first I guess the initial thing where I really was like, What the hell is going on is uh Caddy's reaction to the rabbit hunt and the skinning of the rabbit. That that was like, why is she so upset about the rabbit? And so you, you sorta of get that answered because it's eco folklore.
2: Yeah. Also her hair's wet the entire movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like she's like um, Jason, and Jason takes Manhattan. He's just <laughs> sopping wet the whole time. That's her in this. Never does dry that hair out.
2: This is also IFC Films, which. Uh, maybe I'm just being a jerk, but like I, usually when I see like IFC films and especially the IFC like after dark or after midnight or something like that, I usually take that as a promising sign. Oh, I don't. Oh, really? I'm usually like, this is going to be garbage. Really? IFC yeah. after dark? M- maybe, maybe, maybe in recent years. Yeah. But For some reason, I feel like I, there was like a period of time where I would like watch these movies and it would be like total yeah. low budge eighty-seven minute pieces of crap. If somebody said, "Should I check out the feast?" I would say yes. I'm glad I saw it. Yes, temper, I'm, I'm temper your expectations, it. Yeah, and you know what, it, it will probably inspire you to go back and re-watch some, some better movies. And,
1: yeah, and depending on how much of this type of film you've watched, you might find it a little fresher than we do. I think that's one of our, our problems. We watch a lot of this stuff. Uh, so. Next week, Kat was kind enough, even though she couldn't be here, she was kind enough to phone in her picks. It's Robin Williams week.
2: You heard that right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're going to be talking about One Hour Photo, which is on Hulu. And we're going to be talking about the uh, Christopher Nolan film Insomnia, which I believe is VOD.